Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I hear that there's a rumor going around that many Magic the Gathering decks enjoy having lands in play. Uh, so this week we're going to take a dive into some of those ways to use those lands to, I don't know, possibly maybe win the game? I don't know. We'll see. We've got a super special first-time guest on the show to provide another Sweet Lands Matters deck. But first, I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How was your trip to the Windy City? Oh, it was really, really good. I was so good, right? I was prepared. Like I've been, I've been sick for the last two months, pretty much nonstop. Mm -hmm. Every time I get better, I'm better for three days, and then I get sick again. And I was like, I'm ready to be sick for another week, just to have this experience. Someone in Chicago is going to get me sick, and I've made my <laughs> oh yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> and like, first of all, I'm not sick. I feel great, which is uh, a brand new experience. I, I escaped for me. without the crud. Yep. And uh, second of all. Even if I had gotten sick, I'd have like for the experience I had in Chicago, I would have paid six straight weeks worth of disease. It was you know it was worth it. You know what's messed up is so the wife and the and the son went with me to Chicago. They did Chicago stuff, and I did the the nerdy Chicago stuff. And when we got home, like I was around what was there like fifty fifty million people at the convention. I we got home Sunday afternoon. The boy was sick until Tuesday morning, and then the wife was sick until this morning, and I haven't felt a thing. Like, of the three of us to get sick, it probably would have been me, but somehow it was not. That means you're the carrier. Oh, patient zero. You're the vector. Come on, Brad. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, next up is our resident PDH PhD, Liam. How was your Chicago nerd con? Uh, my Chicago was fantastic. Uh, got to play lots of PDH with lots of people. Yeah, I got I got some bad news for for you guys. Uh oh. Immediately prior to Chicago, I was like, I want I want to take a new deck. Uh, and also immediately prior to Chicago, uh, this this absolute fool of a player, uh, called Obstinate, uh, built a a, a mono red, Thopters and Bun deck. And took it to a competitive <laughs> event and won. What? So I copy and pasted their list into a TCG player. That's card. your whole identity now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and I've got some bad news. Uh, I might be a competitive player. Oh yeah, no! I, we knew it. We we, we lost I'm, him. Dave. I'm going to be real. Uh, so so Rest this weekend I played. I think it was a grand total of. of six or seven casual games because i i like to stand up and, and walk around and, and investigate the rest of the con so i, I think yeah. I played six or seven see the sites six sure. or seven casual games uh across the whole weekend of, of pdh uh mo many of which were, were pals meta many of which i just used pals decks uh and i yep. played nine competitive games holy cow it's okay i'm okay uh, that is unexpected I, I might be a competitive player it's a pretty fun deck, I'm not going to lie. No, it sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. It's great. Yeah, I heard like rumblings about that deck, but I wasn't sure what it's all about. Oh, Let's it's pretty it sweet. Out. I will happily bring it on yeah. your stream sometime and and win with it, if that's okay. 
Sure, I'd like to see it. All right, cool. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we do have a very special guest in the studio with this week who is uh, who with us this week. Ooh, trying to get that out. Uh, who is also in Chicago. Dave, who do we got with us? Today we have, joining us for the first time ever, my brother. What? Lee is with us. I want to introduce this guy. He, more than I think anyone else in my life, taught me how to play limited magic skillfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both... We both started to learn at the same time, around uh, 95, Ice Age, Alliances, Homelands, um, 4th edition, uh, and we were all really bad at it for a long time. Uh, I was like <laughs> I was like 9 at the time, he was like 10 or 11, and um, yeah, we, we just kind of sucked for a long time, but he got better before I did, and uh, used his time and his resources to help me get better, and now both of us really enjoy playing limited together, and now I got him into PDH... And uh, it's awesome. Say hi. Yeah, say hi, Lee. Yeah, hi, everybody. Thanks. Appreciate... Uh, Welcome to the show. Yeah, appreciate the invite. Thank you both so much. Yeah, of course. How was your Chicago experience? Yeah, it was awesome. It's So, like David said, we played played a long time ago, spent spent times. We went to one Origins, went to a lot of different Gen Cons. Um, we went to Origins was, more than once. <laughs> did we? Okay, well, that shows you, you, get, you get old person <laughs> brain, and, uh, and you forget things. So... Um, but yeah, the, went, went to, went to a lot of cons as a kid, hadn't, hadn't been back to one magic con didn't exist obviously back then. Right. Um, yep. but, uh, but loved it. Loved like, like David said, I, I limited is definitely my, my first love. I played multiple events there. Um, I went, I went undefeated and limited, which sounds good until I tell you that I somehow tied three different matches, which is like, <laughs> like, like insane. I somehow went. Yeah, went <laughs> went oh in the lost column, but tied tied three people, which is just a just a bizarre weekend. But um, how do you how do you tie in limited? I guess I've never experienced that. It's just a time a time limit. So so they call time, time. So you could just go to time. Okay. Yeah, they call time, and then there's a five turn clock. So whoever's turn it is yeah. finishes. There's five turns, and so if nobody you know if you're one one in game three and nobody can win in those two and a half turns, you get um, that's it. It's a tie. So I can't. I've never. Yeah, you present these draws like they're bad things, but I mean, if I if I were piloting your Ixalan pile of garbage, I would be really enthusiastic <laughs> that I that I drew two of those games. That would that's the accomplishment. I've never I've never thrown a deck away so fast in my life. <laughs> I never I never want to see this pool of cards again. I was that one was rough, bud. But yeah, but can't can't just talk about limited. Played played a lot of PDH. Had a blast. It was awesome meeting a lot of people in person that I've heard on this show. Great to meet you guys. And uh, heck yeah, um, yeah. So I had a lot a lot of PDH. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, just a blast. Yeah, it's a super super good time. Oh, all right, cool. We're gonna move into the main topic shortly. We got a couple things to do and housekeeping is first up. So uh, as usual, if you like the show and you like what we're doing here, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. We have a, I guess not a new patron, but a uh, returning patron, an infamous fridge. Welcome back, Mr. Fridge. It's good to have you back. Love that they guy. Had some, uh, yeah, me too. Me too. They had some life changes going on. I think they moved houses, that sort of thing. So he took a little bit of a step uh, away, but now they're back in uh, better than ever, from what I hear. Uh, by being a patron, just like Fridge and the rest, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually uh, a little short recording of us catching up for the week, going over show notes, talking about 
uh, sort of just kind of like whatever comes up. It's kind of like a little bonus episode every week, and I post that directly to Patreon. Uh, you get access to the episode before it goes live along with the show notes, so you can follow along with what we're talking about. And then finally, uh, along with our other patrons, you get access to the PDH Pod Discord server, where you can chat with the crew, you get help with your decks, all that sort of good stuff, get the daily uh, brownie buck report and see how the little pooch is doing. And then uh, if you want to leave us a voice message or listener question, something like that you want to want us to play on the show, uh, you can find us over on speakpipe.com slash the PDH pod. And then uh, lastly, uh, YouTube and Twitch is where most of our, I guess all of our video content will be. We're just the PDH pod on both of, the, both of those platforms as well. And the latter is where I stream Spelltable Popper Commander every Saturday evening, roughly 5 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, is about when the when the uh, when the games go live. So I think that keeps the house pretty well. Liam, you got a really short this week in Magic, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's super short. It's it's definitely not a page and a half long. Yeah, definitely not. So I'm gonna take a drink of water. I'm starting I'm, the timer. And I'm yep. I'm gonna run through this as quickly as I can. So please bear with me. All right, so on the weekend of Magic's biggest and first ever sold out Magic Con, a celebration mm-hmm. of all things Magic, uh, WotC decided to announce that they're going to cancel Portuguese and traditional Chinese language printings going forward, which, in, which is in addition to the, I believe, Russian and uh, um, Mandarin Chinese that they canceled last year. Uh, yeah, so the backlash was so bad oh. that they locked their tweets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on to spoilers uh, on a happier note. Uh, we're going to start with Outlaws of Thunder Junction, uh, set code OTJ. This set is focused on villains. It has negative space full arts, uh, very similar to the Theris Beyond Death full arts. Oko mm-hmm. is the planeswalker in the set. Kellen is back and older again. Uh, for those who don't know, Kellen looked like a little tiny 10-year-old in uh, – Eldrain, and by the time we got to <laughs> Ravnica, uh, he looked like he was in his 20s. Uh, now yep. Kellen looks like he's in his 30s, so uh, the puberty truck has hit Kellen many, many times <laughs> Full force. fairly rapidly. The showcase of this set is called The Wanted Poster. Oko's crew is made up of Tiny Bones, Veraska, Rakdos, Kellen, and a new character called Annie Flash. This ep- This set is to wrap up Kellen's story arc. So hopefully this is the last we will be seeing of him for a while. Mm-hmm. There are two, yes, two bonus sheets in this set. The first one uh. is the type of bonus sheet that we are used to. It is called the crime sheet. It is showcased with breaking news uh, and textured foils. This does not change the format legality. It is all reprints. It is legal in draft. This is the type of bonus sheet that we're used to, uh, like with Strixhaven or Brothers War or Eldraine. Yeah. Uh, the second bonus sheet is called the Vault Sheet. This was originally an epilogue set called the Big Score. Uh, we don't know why it was changed from an epilogue set to a bonus sheet, but this bonus sheet will replace list cards. So if you're keeping track, the regular bonus sheet, the Crime Sheet, will have its own card slot in the packs, and the Vault Sheet, uh, which was the epilogue set, which is no longer an epilogue set, will be in the list slot in packs alongside the list and special guests. So there are three types of cards you can open in that one slot. It's fantastic. These cards are new and represent what Oko's crew is after in the story. These cards will come in a regular frame, an extended frame, a vault frame, and a raised foil vault frame. They will all be mythics, they will all be standard legal, and they are, uh, I already talked about where they sit in the pack. Uh, also an OTJ, Fibble Thip Returns, and there are new mechanics cool. called plotting and committing crimes, uh, as if Magic yep. players weren't already doing that. 
Moving on to Modern Horizons 3. We had some spoilers this weekend. I'm not going to go into too big of a, a detail, but we will. the set will have an MDFC focus. It will also be br- bringing back the Flip Planeswalkers in a cycle showing the sparking journey. So if you remember the cycle from Magic Origins with like Jace and Chandra and Liliana, this is a new cycle. We've already seen a Johnny and Tamiyo. Uh, also, there will be new cards for all three Eldrazi Titans. There are full art basics that have already been dubbed the Spaghetti Basics because there are Eldrazi in them. Uh, ally fetches are being reprinted at rare in both regular printing, borderless, and retro, all new art. Energy is another theme in the set. Madness is another theme in the set. There is another free spell cycle because that went well the first two times. Yeah, because those are good for magic. Exactly. And the card treatments in this set are borderless, retro, borderless profiles, etched foils. This Modern Horizons 3 set does have commander precons, but Wizards doubled down and is making collector commander precons. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Okay, moving on. In July, we will come to the Assassin's Creed Beyond boosters announced a year and a half ago. We finally got a little kind of look behind the curtains as to what these are. There were some spoilers. I'm not going to go into everything that was spoiled. I freaking love it. I'm so excited to have a Eivor Wolfkist commander. The showcase for this set is called a Memory Corridor Frame. We will be having real-life people coming to Magic via Assassin's Creed. For those that don't know, the Assassin's Creed franchise takes place in our history. So there are characters Mm -hmm. like Leonardo da Vinci and Cleopatra that are big story characters in the franchise. They are showing up in this set. Uh, Not only are they showing up, but they will also have serialized versions. Uh, Those serialized versions will be up to 500, and those serialized versions will appear only in the character's respective historical languages. So what do I mean by that? If you think back to the old masterpiece sets, like college masterpieces, they could show up in any language booster, but the masterpieces were always English. Yeah. So these cards will show up in any language booster, but they will always be in their respective historical languages. So uh, Leo is showing up in Italian, and Cleo is showing up in Greek, which yeah, is amazing. Cool. Yeah. Moving on to Bloomborough and the final set that we got spoilers for, it is confirmed to be animal-focused and absolutely 100% zero humans on this plane. In fact, to the point that when a human planeswalks to the plane, they get transformed into an animal. Rao will be the planeswalker (laughs) in the set, and he is an otter. The threat to this plane is Calamity Creatures, stirring up the Wildlands. The showcase is called Woodlands. There are also other alternate art treatments such as Borderless, Borderless Field Notes, and Borderless Raised Foil Anime. Yes, I hated saying that as much as you hated listening to it. (laughs) There will be seasonal full arts. That means that there are 20 full arts this set. There are four for each color, and it is the same artwork kind of declined through the seasons of the year. We also will have the beginning of the story arc titled Dragon Storms for this. So if you remember the current overall story will be three complete arcs. We just finished the Kellen arc, Blue, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, we will just finish the Kalanark in Outlaws of Thunder Junction. Bloomborough, the following standard set, will begin the Dragonstorm story arc, and then that will end whew, the set after Tarkir. It'll be Bloomborough, yeah. Dustmourne, Tarkir, and what was it, Lorwyn? I don't know. After Tarkir, the set after. And then the third story arc will culminate into the event set. Uh, reminder, the two event sets we've had thus far are War of the Spark and March of the Machine. Uh, that's this week in magic. How'd I do? That I, that was impressive. That's that's the most impressive thing I've ever heard, Liam. I cannot believe how you got through that. Yeah, that was good stuff. You kept it all straight and organized. <laughs> Let's see. Nice. Dave Dave said I started at one hundred nine twenty nine. It's currently one six 
13, so six and a half minutes. Wrap, That's pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. I am now ready to awesome. talk about the current thing and not the future thing. <laughs> the, the current thing, otherwise known in the professional podcast world as the main topic. Uh, all right. Well, with all the three by three or sometimes four by four deck dives we've done so far, we thought it was about time we got around to doing a Lands Matter episode. Uh, this was a long overdue archetype that has a lot of potential, definitely casually, and I think maybe competitively. Uh, so we've got Lee here to bring us their insights into building these decks as, you know, as well as our own. And uh, But first, as we do with all of our guests, though, Lee, I know you and Dave sort of touched on stuff earlier, but do you mind giving the listeners a bit of your, a um, little bit about yourself, how you got into the game originally, and then what ultimately sort of brought you to our, our little fancy PDH format? Yeah, for sure. So th- there's really kind of two... Uh two stories but it's cool kind of how similar they are and and sure you get to make fun of david a little bit with the first one so that's the best <laughs> Perfect. so Perfect. so so we go and Love visit it. yeah we go and visit uh one of our dad's friends who has a stepson who plays magic and so mm-hmm. that's kind of our first exposure to it come back come back to town and uh and end up with a fourth edition starter deck which like you have to yeah a little history lesson right so it was like this weird way to buy three packs. It came in a cardboard box and it had land in it. But the real key for this is it also had a rules book in it. So a little bitty rules book. Fancy. Yeah. So a, a rules book, the size of a magic card. And, uh, and you hand this thing to like a eight and nine or nine and 10 year old and who, who don't have a clue what they're doing and certainly aren't going to read a rules book. Right. And, and we flipped through pages in it until we found a picture and the picture was like a game state. And so mm-hmm. we, we like flipped over cards from the top of the deck until we had assembled something like this game state. And then I don't know how we did it, but we kind of decided who was winning this game state from there. It was like random, like war with magic cards. You shuffle them up and like somehow the, they have numbers, but you don't know what they mean. Right. And that's, that was like how we played. So you were literally just playing with cards. Yes. Yes. Just flipping them over and like playing with cards based off this one picture. Cause we certainly, like I said, we're not going to read and understand anything. Sure. And, uh, but then. Right. Dad comes home and he actually reads the rule book and he's like, nope, so, you guys are right, go ahead. You got extra detail. So this, this is a part of the story that I, I have long told. And I, I was I was trying to tell it last weekend when dad was in earshot. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what happened. I've always told people that like right around the time that we did this was, you know, we were like, you know, not 9, 10, 10, 11 ish. And we were sort of just entering the state where we no longer needed constant supervision to make sure we weren't going to like throw ourselves off of the deck onto the cement patio and hope the hammock caught us. Like, <laughs> that's fair. And so I, I, I say, like, my dad had, you know, found himself with a bit more free time than he was used to and saw us playing this game and decided to get into it. That's the story I was trying to tell. And dad overheard me and he was like, no, 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 no. What happened was your mother saw that, saw the two of you not understanding anything and she was like you're gonna learn how to play that game and you're gonna teach them <laughs> oh this is this is mom's fault so Mom, that, that's a detail i didn't even know she's yeah. like you get your butt over there and teach those boys <laughs> right like yeah you can read the rule book go yeah fantastic so so he he steps in actually teaches us how to play and like 
everybody listening to this knows once you learn how to play you're hooked and you're in and and you're forever and, and, yeah and it's and it's and it's life actually so i funny extra detail so i'm i'm as as all you know successful middle-aged men do they record podcasts in their parents basement so i'm i'm sitting <laughs> sitting in my parents basement because uh cuz the the internet is out at my house cuz of this windstorm going across the country mm-hmm. and so he heard this topic and he actually just brought me an ice age rule book so oh, <laughs> still fantastic still has it. so that's I, the one I, I like i yeah i started playing before ice age but that's the rule book i remember the most vividly is the ice age one yeah so I, i'm now holding but, in my hand as i tell this story the ice age rule book fantastic if you if you flip to the very last page there is a uh there's a legitimate apology in that at the end of that rule book to anyone who has ever lost to ornithopter uh-huh <laughs> it's fantastic yeah i learned oh, that fantastic. in the fifth on pre-release Sitting at the at the finals <laughs> table of a tournament while beating a man to death with an ornithopter. Oh <laughs> but, no! I, at, at that as, time, as uh, it, it should was, be, as it, it was, should be, it was part of the rules that a judge had to watch the finals of any tournament, mm-hmm. like the first place table. And so the judge was just watching us, and he's like, "Did you know?" And I was like, "That's fascinating." I did, I moved to attacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was uh, what was boosting the uh, zero attacks. power there? Uh, Grafted war gear. Oh, okay. All right. Hell yeah. Fitton was Fitton was very good to me. So Lee, have you not ever taken a break from the game, much like your brother here, or no? So I did. So that's the the second part of this is. So then I I went off to college, took a break, long break, and mm-hmm. but what what pulled me back in was then I had um to to you know nine and ten year old idiots that don't know how to play card games as of my own <laughs> and 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 they came home from school with pokemon cards and and we're doing basically exactly what you know dave and i were doing and that this time just a full generation flip i was the guy to say no 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 you can't not that yeah, um you're not doing it right Come yeah and, and i had never played pokemon but i knew there was an actual game there and so i got into that with them and uh, and and when you've got uh, Uncle David and Grandpa, oh, Uncle David helped fuel the Pokemon too. He'd like there were like boxes of cards that would show up in the mail of Pokemon. He was <laughs> he was definitely like trying to. He was the he was the dealer getting the gateway drug. Like here's your free uh-huh. ones and uh, yeah. the rest will cost you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 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 then at some point the jump from from Pokemon to magic at our house. And then Dave was like, Oh, so magic again. So I do this thing. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, <laughs> here I am. Awesome. So what, what got you like, what was it Dave that sort of bridged the gap between you playing limited environments and you playing completely opposite in pauper commander? So it's not as opposite, I Are guess, you a as, commander, it, as it seems. A commander player anyway. No, never, never built, never constructed anything and, and, okay. and would stay, would have happily stayed forever, not constructed anything if it wasn't for, <laughs> like, if it wasn't for a pauper format where you can build a fun deck for $23 and plus shipping and, uh, right. and somebody else goes and finds them all for you and they arrive at your door ready to play. Um, <laughs> like that's. You know, it's it's even worse now, obviously. But even back then, I was never a constructed player because, you know, a single good constructed card costs the, you know, what three PDH decks cost. <laughs> and so, yep, the, those will, those will run you for sure. Yeah, and so it's it's really it's the you know the uniqueness of of this format and the accessibility of it. That's uh, yeah, and obviously having you know having Dave to uh, to uh, um, 
publicize it has uh, got me in. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, we're glad to have you here and uh, excited to talk about some uh, decks this evening. But it wouldn't be a 3x3 three three or even a 4x4 four four without some pillars. What a Dave. Uh, yeah, we got pillars. Um, at this point, I think we've sort of like reduced all of, all of the pillars to their their most basic fundamental ideas. Pillar one. Minimum minimum words. Minimum we've words. we've yep. we're we're doing we're doing minimalist minimalist pillars these days. Uh, pillar right. one is what what's what are you doing? What's the thing? Yep. And uh, in this case, pillar one is going to be tell us about land drops. Tell us why lands matter. And then pillar two is how do you profit from the thing? What what about doing that thing is going to lead to you getting an advantage over your opponent? How are you going to take advantage of this thing that you are doing the most? What's the payoff for for all these lands? Pillar three is how to not die, and pillar four is how to not run out of gas, as always. Although there is some contention regarding there is. Uh, we'll we'll come to that later. Uh, we might we might have to change our pillars around. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's that's the pillars. What are we doing? What's the payoff? How to not die? How to not run out of gas? Perfect. Sounds like the perfect recipe for a winning deck, uh, or at least so, uh, at least a deck. So yeah, <laughs> it'll get you a deck. <laughs> I don't know if it'll, it'll win. get you a deck. <laughs> cool. I know every time we have a three by three episode, you know, we do like an hour, hour and twenty minute pre-show. We do the whole intro. We do this. We do the housekeeping, the main topic, and all that. And we still never figure out who's going first. It's true. I have no idea who's going first. Um, Every single... Oh, uh, yeah. there's a guest. I feel like they should go first. I was kind of thinking along those lines, too. What do you, what do you think about that, Lee? You want to start us off with your Pillar 1? Like, what's your commander? And well, then, no, uh, don't, don't, don't oh. do, do Pillar 1 yet. Introduce your commander. Oh, oh. Give us give us the you know view from 10,000 feet. Tell us what, broadly speaking, the deck is about. We'll all, we'll all introduce our decks, and then we'll go into Pillar 1. Ah, perfect. Yeah, all right, sure. Lee, what you got? So, yeah, not Pillar 1, broad view. So I have... Uh, partners. I have Togo and Halana. So the the thought the ten thousand foot view is this is Gruel control. So we play green. Those are two words you don't often hear right. together. <laughs> so so we play we play green for uh, obviously all the landfall stuff. But but what green lets us bring is a ton of cheap uh, death touch creatures that launch rocks around and and have this this pile of instant speed uh board interaction and board control in a in a gruel landfall shell yeah because the awesome thing i'm sure everybody knows by now but with tago when you sacrifice the rock the creature deals the damage yes that yeah. is disgusting yep so death touch counts lifelink counts any triggers on when this creature deals damage to an opponent you get all that good stuff yeah it's the creature that deals it we, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show about uh, another person who has uh, aped this deck and changed things to swap out all of the Death Touchers with Infect creatures, because <laughs> once again, the creature is doing damage. Like Uh-huh, and it's two at a time. Like that's, yeah. That yes. racks up super fast. Yes. Clean, I, clean way to just put two poison counters on whoever you want. Yes. Yep. I, I saw that list online, and if you're listening, I'm jealous. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> jealous that you didn't get there first. Yes. Yeah, I understand. That's how I feel about the entire Togo deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember many, many episodes ago when you were talking about this particular deck, the one that Lee's talking about, and you were like, I'm so mad I didn't think of it first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad about it. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, Liam. 
Who are you bringing tonight? I have brought Brushfire Elemental. So Brushfire Spicy. Elemental is a red-green commander uh, that costs red and green. It is a 1-1 one, one with haste, uh, can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less, and it has landfall to get plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Yep. Super straightforward. Super I like it. It was one of the first PDH decks I built. It was... I, it is a very fast commander. It's very, very fast. fast. Puts up a lot of damage real quick. Yes. Goes hard. All right, Red. Dave. Oh, you, me. You want, yeah, you, you, I'm, I think I'm the Yargle, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up the, the caboose here. Okay, good call. Well, my, my commander is Old Man Willow. It is from Lord of the Rings, and I've been wanting to build it ever since it was spoiled. I haven't really found something I wanted to do with it. It's a four mana, star, star, tree folk, legendary creature, tree folk. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. And then when it attacks, you can sacrifice a creature or a token, another creature or a token. And when you do, target creature and opponent controls gets minus two, minus two until the end of turn. So it is lands matter. It cares about how many lands you have on the battlefield. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it until we decided that a three by three or now four by four lands matter was going to be an episode and I didn't it, it took me like a whole second and a half to, to figure out that this was gonna be the one I was gonna build. So I it all sort of came together. I'm in Golgari colors, which obviously when you think about lands, you're thinking about gruel, mono green, Golgari, that sort of thing. And yeah, I'm super excited for it. I finally have a, a deck or it finally gave me a reason to brew to build around old man Willow. Uh he's I don't know, he's kinda linear, you know, his text box doesn't leave a whole lot um, of options as far as like being creative, but it's extremely powerful and it's in a color combination that I've sort of been like addicted to the last six months or so. So I'm pretty stoked about the deck and we'll just kind of see where it goes. Love that. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked for it. What do you got, Dave? You think, uh, you think you might be the Yargle this week? I, I'm pretty sure I'm the Yargle this week because my deck yeah. is doing <laughs> very, very different things than what the three of you just described. <laughs> I have a five-color deck with, with World Heart Phoenix at the helm, not because mm -hmm. I like the Phoenix at all, but because it's five-color, and uh, it's something for me to do in the first six turns before I start casting yeah. spells. Sure. The deck it runs all ten uh, indestructible bridges and every card in common that animates a land. So the Zendikons. The Zendikons, yeah. <laughs> the Awakened Spells. The Yep. Yeah. That's most of seems, them. Crackling uh, seems emergence. good with in no, indestructible no. lands. Mm, mm. <laughs> it seems funny with indestructible land. Oh, maybe but good, funny was the word. Good I was is a for. far yeah, cry. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's my that's the whole deck. I I actually stole this idea uh, many years ago from Dietrich, uh, who I used to play against as part of the the whole cult of Alcadron thing in the home base while that was happening. I loved the deck, and I decided that I kind of haven't seen. Dietrich around for many years, and I just missed it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put together my own version. And uh, it turns out that uh, he, he ended up seeing it later, and he was like, You're, you, you have made some improvements, I see. And I was like, did I? <laughs> Amazing. That's very high praise. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the deck. I just, I'm going to attack people with indestructible idiots. Yeah, I like it because it's lands matter in, in, in the respect that, yeah, you kind of have to get them on board and do stuff, and they work with your overall theme. But like, they're also your win con. Yeah. So that's yeah, how the, they matter. Yeah, the lands I, I themselves. Like <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Most most people most people win games by turning lands sideways, but not like this. 
Not like this at all. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're probably probably in agreement that that is the Yargle for the week. It's pretty goofy, and I yeah. like it a lot. You know, it's um a really special part about this is that if you happen to be playing against someone whose whole game plan involves killing your creatures with indestruct with with death touch rocks, mm-hmm. if all of your threats are indestructible, you don't got to worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, you just uh, still turn them sideways. They don't die. Yep. Yeah, it's the an- the anti Togo meta. That's it. We got there. (laughs) (laughs) We figured it out. We busted it. All right. Sweet. Uh, Thanks for the the descriptions, fellas. I guess we can move on into Pillar 1 now. Back to you, Lee. What do you got for Pillar 1? What's your deck trying to do? Yeah, so Togo has... Actually, the the first printing was before Landfall was a keyword, so it's fun to read the the original printing of it, but... The, the Oracle text, Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock. With equipped creature has one and tap, sacrifice, this deals two damage to any target. So um, so what Togo cares about are land ETBs. So we really, our pillar one is just land ETBs two to three to four per turn. Everything we can mm-hmm. do to get, to get, you know, spells that do two like a, a Spring Bloom Druid or a Haro, um, certainly all, we run all of the Sack and Fetch lands, the Capenna lands, the the new one that was just printed in Murders, the Escape Tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. There was an episode you guys did talking about mana bases where you you, you mentioned that only only maniacs run the panoramas and uh <laughs> I, I'm, your, I'm your I'm your maniac. Um, so all nice. of those, yeah, all of those, because all those get you multiple triggers per turn and, and just really pump the rocks out. Um, sure. Th- there's a few specific cards that are really fuel this. I, I mentioned a couple, but um, you, you guys, there's no, you know, I don't need to provide any extra love for Scare Tiller on your show, but but Scare Tiller, <laughs> Scare Tiller with a rock is a free tap whenever you want it. Scare Tiller doesn't actually have to attack. Um, Scare Tiller can sit back and block and throw a rock and get the, when this creature becomes tapped, trigger, which then it throws one rock and makes two more every time. Yep. And uh, um, goes seething with jealousy right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's some creatures really prioritized bigger creatures like Wild Wanderer has has three power and fetches a land into play. And the reason for that is... um, Halana, the partner, isn't just there uh, for green, but Alana, Halana has an ETB uh, bite effect you can pay for. So creatures that have a little bit bigger power and fetch a land into play really play well with both both of the uh, partner commanders. Yeah, I think that the the wanderers like. The... Compared to something like you know, Wood Elves or Farhaven Elf, like you're paying one extra mana for two extra power, and Halana makes that super worth it. That's a really that good deal. Su- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. relevant. So there, I like that quite a bit. So there is no Wood Elves, right? So that that's the trade off. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you play that. You yeah. play the bigger versions of the creatures that that have that that ETB yeah. fetch a land straight into play effect. Just a couple mm-hmm. more. I love Pyroclast, Pyroclastic Hellion. The deck's Wincon is often throwing rocks <laughs> at players, and so mm-hmm. the Hellion like fuels a trigger and is like an extra rock thrown at each opponent. And and then the last one is uh cleansing wildfire is mm-hmm. it can it can stop if you'd really need it to. You can stop the infinite combo land decks with the auras. Um but also if you don't need it, it's just a cantripping extra landfall, use it on your own. 
and uh, yeah. pull pull a land, draw a card. Oh, that's uh, that's I, pillar one. My my deck also runs cleansing wildfire because for me, it's just ramp. <laughs> yeah, that's just free real estate for you. For sure. I, yep, target I, it. I targeted at the artifact. I, yeah. I target I target my my six seven attacking creature with it. <laughs> and then but I wait. Just... It only it only targets lands, not creatures. Uh, yeah. No. I know. Oh. Oh wait. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Pillar one, Liam. What does the Brushfire Elemental got for us? Yeah, so the Brushfire Elemental isn't too terribly complex. Uh, it it definitely follows the the gruel stereotype. Here we are just playing lands in what I like to call the turbo ramp fashion. Sure, our, turbo it's good ramp. fashion. Our goal is every turn to drop two, three, seven lands. <laughs> Every ton, two, three, or seven. I yeah. like that. I like those numbers. Yep. Every single ton, uh, starting from ton two. So right, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty straightforward in what it's doing. the The commando benefits from land drops. This this deck is kind of categorized as like an aggro deck if it needs to be, but also kind of like a Voltron deck in that you're trying to win with a large commander through commander damage. Maybe mm-hmm. it takes you two or three hits. Maybe it takes you one. Right. So. You know, it really is in essentially just a turbo ramp, drop as many lands as possible. And in the event that, you know, you run out of lands to play or Brushfire Elemental costs 40 mana, it turns into an <laughs> aggro deck because you've got 20 lands on the field and can drop a couple of threats a ton. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going for. Nice. I like it. And Gruel, too, you know, they've got some of the better high mana value creatures we have in our format are in gruel colors and you're already ramping out all these lands. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big deal to drop a gigantic, I don't know, Oliphant or what have you, you know, monstrous or a turn or two early than anybody else would be able to. Dude, I, I think you'd reliably drop a monstrous or like turn three. I could see that but in, I, in a deck. Yeah. Ramp a turbo ramp. But yeah, sure. honestly, like you probably don't even want to do that. Like you want to spend tons two through five, just ramping hard. Yeah. Drop drop the elemental yeah. on turn three. Drop another ramp spell. Swing. Yeah, the the elemental gets in for big damage. And like you said, you could play him early, or you can kind of hold off and wait till you've got like some crazy turn coming up and drop him down. Yep. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff. Uh, I think we'll keep in order here. I'll go next. Um, my pillar one is that the old man wants all the lands. So we're kind of doing the same thing. I don't think we can turbo ramp in Golgari colors, but ramping, uh, we're going to use spells and. Uh, a whole bunch of cycling creatures to do that. All, you know, all the um, Gloomfang Maulers and the Troll of Kazadoom and Timberland Ancient and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then with the Old Man's Activated Ability, we're also going to be trying to deploy a handful of spells and creatures that create tokens, whether they're food tokens, treasure tokens, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, what I love about this particular deck slash strategy is that, you know, for the ma- or ma- majority of the games you do play, Top decking a land on like turn eight just feels really bad. Top decking two lands on turn eight and nine feels really bad, but like that's fine here because this deck always needs them and never like never doesn't want them. So between lands and spells, you know, about 25% of this deck that I've built are ways to fetch those lands or put them directly into play. Uh, when we were, I, I posted this deck in the, um, in our Discord little chat. I had never heard of the card Everbark Shaman before until I was searching up cards for this one. And it's like, 
perfect. It's it's a five mana three five for a tree folk shaman, and when you tap it, you can remove a tree folk card from your grave or in your graveyard from the game. Search your library for two forest cards and put them into play. Tap then shuffle your library. Well, that's fine. If the old man Willow becomes a threat and you want to kill it, I will just send it to the graveyard and cultivate for free. Right. Like that's not a. That, that, I'll take I, that deal any day. <laughs> I love that the two lands you get for it are just what you need for the commander tax. <laughs> like, right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's how, so spicy. It feels like one of those. Like how many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like. <laughs> like are you, are, are, you gonna, are you gonna kill it so many times that I run out of basics to fetch? <laughs> like, what's, I think what's the, the end goal? I do. Even I've fast, got a lot of rocks. Let's try. The even <laughs> right, more exactly. fascinating thing with this deck is just it. It never gets smaller. Like, you kill yeah. it and it comes back, and it only comes back bigger. And so, like, right? How you don't have how, to build up the plus one plus one counters again or anything like that, right? Like, how yep. do you fight? this thing that only comes back stronger and will come back like guaranteed will come back yeah like here's my four four or five five on turn four mm-hmm. oh you killed it here's my nine nine on turn six <laughs> you know here's my ten ten on turn eight like what are you gonna do about that race <laughs> it's just gonna keep coming at you because like you said yeah every time it comes in it's gonna be bigger which means i have more land which means i can afford a higher commander tax if need be mm-hmm. it just it never stops so I thought that was spicy. Yeah, when I was building the deck, I just searched up all the commons in Golgari colors that mentioned the word tree folk, and I was like, oh my god, that's a slam dunk. Absolutely slam dunk. So pretty excited about that. I, I wasn't trying to go like a, a, a kindred deck or anything, but that one definitely had to make the cut. Um, outside of that, yeah, really, we're just uh, like, I guess like most of the decks we're talking about tonight, I'm just trying to ramp and push towards... Uh, probably commander damage that's what i'm dealing with here so uh, but we'll see how it plays out dave what's the phoenix doing for pillar one uh, I'm, I'm glad that we went from everbark to the phoenix because my commander also never fully goes away because it has this uh, i'm just kidding the commander's uses um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> yeah so uh this deck has 40 lands uh-huh every okay. single one of them is distinct there's only one of each basic in the deck. And uh, uh, I don't know if anyone watched Lobbert's video recently about um, how many tap lands is too many tap lands. Did this throw off the math for his research? Badly. <laughs> so he had this, there was this uh, graph he had where he was like, uh, you know, this this is, you know, he, he analyzed something like over a thousand decks and he made this this remarkable graph. So every every everyone should watch this video. It's remarkable. Yeah, it is really good. He did really he it, did incredible graphics. Was it PDH specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, he an, sure. he analyzed decks from like a bunch of, you know, prominent PDH brewers and builders. And he ended up analyzing over, you know, a thousand decks and it was just stacked into like, you know, how many, how many of these decks have zero tap lands? How many have one tap land? How many have two? He he made a massive spreadsheet, huge graphics. One of the decks he analyzed had 32 tap lands. (laughs) And it was... Wonder which one that is. (laughs) It was the outlier and it's this deck. (laughs) Uh, That's so perfect. Yeah, so... I'm running every indestructible bridge. I'm running every single gate, and that's that's like 
you know, 80% of the mana base is just all of the bridges, all of the gates. Because there's something like mm. 17 gates now, 10 bridges. Darksteel Citadel is secretly the 11th bridge. And yeah, that's that's like 30 lands right there. And then there's like, you know, five five basics and then, you know, commander command towers. Command tower, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's e Evolving Wilds. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's the mana base. It's really, really slow. Because like... Not not only am I going to... Every single land is going to come down tapped, so I'm just going to be a turn behind everyone the whole game. But I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be laying down these tapped lands, trying to get up to playing a six-mana spell. Like, the first spell I'm going to cast needs to be, like, an Awakened Myers Malice, which costs yeah. six mana. For target opponent, discards two cards, Awaken three. And now yep. if you've tapped your indestructible land in order to cast this <laughs> on turn seven, and you have a tapped three three indestructible creature. Uh, yep. It's it's awkward. Like there's a lot of the Zendikons cost less mana. Like Crusher's Zendikon is one of the best. It costs three mana. The weird yeah, thing is good. like you really want to cast the Zendikons second because the Zendikons will have have this ability that overwrites power toughness. It says the land is now like a 4-2 on Crusher's Endicon. And yep. the Awaken spells also have an ability that overwrites power toughness. They say the land becomes a 0-0. Zero, zero. So if both of these are affecting the same card, it uses timestamps. Oh, okay. So you want to set it like the Awaken spell is going to make it a 0-0 zero, zero with three counters on it. And mm -hmm. then the Zendikon is going to make it a 4-2 and it's still going to have those counters. That seems all right. A little seven five indestructible. Little seven five indestructible trailer. Not sure. bad. On Not turn bad on turn nine, you can <laughs> be attacking with this guy. But yeah, so like if you do it in the other direction, like if you play the if you play the Zendikon and then you awaken it, the awakening will reset and overwrite the power and toughness to be a zero zero, and then all you'll have is the counters. So right. you'll need to, it's kinda not a great plan. But that is the entire plan. If I don't come up with the Zendikon or the Awaken spell, the backup plan is I have I have a couple of these things that do temporary animation. Mm -hmm. Stuff like yeah, Life, Spark, those. Life Spark, Spell Bomb, Disturbed Slumber, Hydroform. These will all turn a land into a creature for a turn. Yeah. And so if I'm desperate, I will use that ability, and then while it's a creature, I will mutate onto it. And my mutated creature will become a 3-4 indestructible mana dork. Okay, I guess I hadn't thought about that before. So you, so say you don't have any of your Zendikons out, none of your Awakened spells have been cast. Like you're just, like you said, you're yep. just, you're trying to cast your uh, Disturbed Slumbers and your <laughs> um, Vengeant Earths and all that stuff. And and those are, you know, those are instants or, or sorceries. While that land is a creature, you mutate onto it. What happens after your turn's over? Uh, if if it depends on which one is on top. So you have you have this this land that is temporarily a three three body. Yep. Let's go with that. Yep. And you're you let's say you're mutating a migratory great horn onto it, which is just a a three four. Um, that when 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 rampant this creature growth, mutates, yeah. you get a rampant growth. If you put if you leave the land on top. Then when your turn ends, the land will stop being a creature, and it will it will have all the text box from the thing that got mutated underneath it, but it won't have any of the type line. So it'll just be a land that has a triggered ability when it mutates. 
Okay. All if right. you if you put the mutate creature on top, mm-hmm. then the 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 entity that thing becomes, even after your turn ends, it's going to have all of the characteristics of whatever's on top plus the text box of whatever's on bottom. Oh, so, so after you your turn ends, meant it'll become a mana dork. Yes, after your turn ends, it'll be the mutated creature with the ability indestructible and the ability to tap for mana. Oh, interesting. Okay, which cool. isn't yeah. terrible. It's kind of a lot for a three card combo. It is a lot, but it's memorable. Like it's it's funny. It is funny. That's really yeah. cool. I never would have thought about that. And I know that's not like the line you're trying to go for necessarily, but that's just a cool interaction of a deck like this, I think. Yeah. I I have a ton of fun with it. Yeah. So that's uh that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's the whole plan. I'm gonna try to on on turn nine I'm gonna be attacking you with a seven five indestructible trample crusher's endicon. Coming at you. It's on its way. It's on its way. So I said we got plenty pre-show. of time to buckle up. I said in the pre-show, I never wanted to learn how mutate really works. I feel like you guys did that just to punish me. Like, I feel like that whole, <laughs> that whole thing, like you guys have your own instant messages going, we have to do this for Lee and punish him and, and make him do this. <laughs> guys, he's on to us. The, he's on. <laughs> the bad news is, I still, I still don't know how mutate works, though, so you have failed. Uh, the joke is on us. Yes. I tried. I tried. Yes. Uh, All right, Alas. I'll, I'll pass it back to you. What do you got for Pillar 2? What's what, what are your partners doing? How are you getting paid off for this thing you're doing? Yeah, so I, I have two kind of separate payoffs for this. So I, I called it like an A and a B Pillar 2. So the one is we're playing green-red. Um, we have lots of land, so we have some big mm-hmm. creatures. And, yeah. and so there's not a ton of room for these. So really tried to prioritize the big creatures that help the other pillars as well so most of them uh either land cycle or or convert into card advantage or some other version so so a couple of those like seismic monster soar can land cycle it's got a big power as a trampler it's a great halana bite trigger and right. it's got an ability that also then converts extra extra rectangles on the battlefield into card draw <laughs> if you if you need um, if you need some gas later. So that's like a triple pillar. That's just a good example. Oliphant, similar thing. Trampler, um, land cycler. Oliphant's like extra awesome in this because it also grants oh, sure. grants trample to a buddy. Um, that buddy might have death touch. It might be like a three power death toucher that's now a five power death touch trampler, which is almost impossible to stop, you know, getting yep. through for 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 damage. There's a like the last couple years have printed. You guys talked about it in your year in review set, the uh, or show the, the the land cyclers we've gotten over the last eighteen months are, are just fantastic. And so there's yeah, there's they're a outstanding. Bunch of those. Scroll down here. So the other part is is the piece we touched on a little bit. So there's a control payoff. So play uh, fourteen or fifteen death touch bodies and equip them with rocks, and then the payoff there is. Uh, instant speed instant speed board interaction so we can blow up problematic commanders that fuel combos we can blow up the uh 
uh, the the Dargos of the world, the the Old Man Willows. Although the Old Man Willows minus two minus two <laughs> is does some does some pretty serious work on my little tiny Death Touchers. So that's true. We, true, true, true. We that. we definitely have to. You have to throw the rock. You have to maybe some politics discussion there about who's getting attacked and <laughs> and who's getting the minus two minus two trigger coming at it. Sure. A couple couple to highlight the Nightshade Peddler has the. Is, is really two death touchers in one. So it yeah, gets to that's gotta be super good in this deck. Yeah, it partners with another one. It's it's kind of the reverse of Oliphant, right? Oliphant can give a can give a death toucher trample. The nightshade peddler goes the other way. It can give uh can give one of the big tramplers death touch. Or just if you need another control body, if you're avenging druid or some other non-death touch creature, if you need another control piece can 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 gain death touch through that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Serpent Blade Assailant is like a one turn. Mm. Serpent Blade Assailant's the the backup with Death Touch. So there's a one yeah. turn if you just need one one extra trigger of somebody who's not summoning sick. The Serpent Blade Assailant can get you there. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite cards of the last year or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, good. And there's a few uh, there's a few ramp creatures that also have Death Touch. The Gardener, Death Bloom Gardener, and the uh, Poison Dart Frog just came out came out recently. So yeah, we uh, kind of have a couple different payoffs for for the land payoff for creatures, and the the rock payoff is is the the instant speed board control. Nice. I do actually. I've never played a Tago deck, but I've looked at many many different types of them. The the tap ability of Rock Capital R equipped creature has one tap sack rock do two damage yada yada yada. That the tap because it's a tap ability. Your creature has to have haste or have been on the battlefield already, correct? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. One of the one that's of the pitfalls. Yeah, one of the definite pitfalls. But and that's where Halana can really help though, is Halana if Halana's on the field, then you get the turn one, you get the ETB bite, which is also mm-hmm. the creature dealing the damage. So right. so Halana so Halana can get around the summoning sickness problem. It's a it's more mana intensive. Obviously, you gotta have, to have a four mana commander down, and then pay two extra when you cast the the creature. Sure, but sure. most of the creatures are one mana one ones, so it's not uh, it's it's not totally burdensome. But yeah, that that Halana is the answer to the I need to kill it right now, and I don't have a a creature ready to go. Oh, that's fair. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I've heard. Well, I've heard a lot about this specific deck through Dave, and I've looked at it many times. I don't know if I would build this exact one, but it's a, such a cool concept. So it's such a neat deck. Tago's super, super uh, flexible as far as like who you can partner him with. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thanks for that, Pillar 2. Uh, Liam, what do you got for Pillar 2? Man, I'm so bad at Pillar 1 and Pillar 2 and separating them. so so pillar two is uh landfall on the general and swing like it's it's not terribly complicated you want you want to spend the first couple of turns ramping really hard probably around turn three four five you're going to drop the commander you're going to drop another ramp spell or two to give him plus two plus two plus six plus six whatever Mm -hmm. and you're going to hit someone because it's turn three to five, and even if they have blockers, this commander has a pesky line of rules text that says can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. That usually yeah, applies no to somebody at the table. So even if they have yep. a blocker or two, they ain't they ain't gonna chump with it. So yep. uh, I've I've noticed a lot of times that second line of rules text just reads unblockable for the first person to die this game. 
It really, it really does. Uh, and it, then every time I've seen, or every time I've lost to Brushfire, Brushfire Elemental, or seen somebody lose to it, it's because they can't block it. And what I find fascinating, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip into uh, uh, Pillar Three here a little bit, is when you're looking at like the removal in this deck, it's only for big things. Like the deck doesn't run Lightning Bolt. It doesn't care about Lightning Bolt. It it doesn't. Yeah, because basically your your small creatures are already sort of removed from the game. Right, right. It's not worried about the small creatures because they can't block the Brushfire Elemental, and <laughs> they usually die chumping something else because the deck has yep. a a huge suite of the large the large beaters. So yep, like the first person to die in the game, this basically reads unblockable, and then it also reads unblockable for the last person to die. Yeah, so yeah you just turn sideways and have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. This is like, in my mind, the way I picture gruel, the gruel aggression, like Brushfire Elemental just fits that perfectly. Yep. Oh, cool. Let's get up here to my pillar two. All right, the old man. Yeah, I sort of sometimes struggle the same way Liam does with like separating pillars one and two. The, the payoffs for the old man are just powerful beats, like just turning the old man sideways and if he's unavailable to be turned sideways then i've got some gigantic creatures that can do a little bit of work on their own yeah turn him sideways and use all the mana that we keep dropping all the lands we keep dropping to cast just giant creatures you know if if i haven't cycled them away i can cast me a timberland ancient or a gloomfang mauler or the troll bloodbriar as a really nice payoff too because my commander wants me to sacrifice things Bloodbriar wants me to sacrifice things. Like, there's a whole thing going on here. That that creature gets bigger and bigger. It's one of my favorite creatures, actually. One of my favorite green creatures in the game. But yeah, other than that, it's really straightforward. I don't think it's going to be super aggressive. I mean, maybe I can get the Willow, the Old Man, the Tree Folk out on turn three. And then attack on turn four with maybe like a 4-4 four, four, or 5-5 five, five or something. But like, I'm really trying to not only buff up his power but give him some sort of evasion down the road too like yeah it'd be awesome to like sit there with a 12 12 on turn six but a 12 12 that dies to an 01 plant token or you know can get blocked by an 01 plant token or chumped that's just not really what i'm in the business for so I'm trying to beat down with old man as well as fill my board with giant creatures so that i don't run into the Voltron problem where they're just like, oh, I just have to block the commander and I'm good to go. I just have to prevent the commander's damage and I'm good to go. Like, I would like to have some alternative avenues for pushing that damage through outside of just Golgari big boy Voltron. But I think that's pretty much what I'm just trying to do. Just ramp lands, turn everything sideways. Like, that's fine if my creatures die. It's fine if I have to sacrifice them. I'm not really in the business of, like, trying to protect my board with a deck like this. So... That's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, pretty straightforward. I like how, in 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 a way, Old Man Willow is also very difficult to block with two twos. Mm-hmm. Much much like oh, a Brushfire Elemental. Yeah. That is a good point. That's a yeah yeah yeah. Like oh, it can't be blocked by creatures with toughness two or less. Basically, <laughs> basically. Well, yeah. it, if, it can be, if, if you have two of them, it can be blocked by one of them, but not the other. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, I can do it one time, but yeah, yeah. If I got food or treasure or well, well, creatures that love to die sitting around, that's cool. All right. Uh, let's see what the Phoenix has going for it in Pillar Two. Uh, got, Dave? Yeah, yeah. So if if you have if you have successfully executed Step One and you have a uh, I don't know eight six trampling indestructible land 
then uh, let me let me read what what the, what the payoffs are here are. Uh, looks like it's called the combat step, you inbred Philistines. Jeez. Ten out of ten. No further notes. You spent the whole pre-show writing that, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, I that was the first thing I wrote in the notes, and I've spent the entire I've spent the last two hours being really excited to say it out loud. <laughs> Uh yeah no like I don't I don't know what more I'm supposed to say here like I have I've worked really really hard to create an eight power trample indestructible attacker like it's hard yep. to do in pauper indestructible is not something that we have access to easily it is not 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 so, something that's permanently indestructible you have to you have to work really really hard to get that and then once you've got it like there's there's not nothing about the deck is gonna like do other things it's not like it's all the deck is all about getting that like it's like once it's there nothing like you're not gonna do uh, like make it better it's just right you're gonna turn it sideways that's all you're not you're not catching anybody by surprise whenever you cast a spell or make something big your opponent is just like yep it's all that coming yeah i mean it's it's right there in front of us sure knew knew how that works yep Yep. Um, your your pillar yeah, two only... is really just just gaze at what I've done. That's like right. that's really pillar two. Like just <laughs> just bask in this thing that I have done. Yep. Let's all bask take a moment to appreciate. Yeah. Let's all take a moment yes. to appreciate it. That's while, that's while really what pillar. It's it's actually before the combat stuff. It's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the the true victory lies in those those like those quiet moments of contemplation when e- when everyone's looking at the thing and wondering where it's gonna go and you're just kind of like <laughs> stroking your goatee and like uh-huh. side eyeing everyone else like who wants yep. it like you got a cat in your lap you know like some evil <laughs> yeah. maniac you're like petting the cat <laughs> I often do have cats in my lap I play this who thing. has wronged me recently <laughs> exactly I lied there, there there's one for the note in pillar two for me uh it's Basilisk gate. Sometimes the eight six indestructible trampler isn't big enough, and sometimes you need it to be <laughs> uh, a fourteen twelve. Yeah, fourteen twelve. Sure. There's there's a lot of gates in this deck. Uh, I, I I like that this yeah. is you know it's a funny deck like we talked about. It's funny. It's meme worthy. What have you? But like I like that this is one. Uh, it's one of those types of decks that you can play, and you're like. Hey, what's everybody's life total? And they're all at like eighteen to twenty-four, and you know you can kill one of them. Yeah, like right now. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. With that's fantastic. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, sometimes. So, sometimes. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> every by, single time. And by sixty, I mean sixteen. Sixteen. Ah, yes. I see. I see. I see. Yes. Uh, All yeah, right. That's, that's my entire pillow, too. I have, oh. I have nothing to add. That's fantastic. No notes from me either on that. That's good stuff. All right. Let's move down to pillar three for Lee. What do you got for us? Yeah, this is really my quickest pillar to go through because it's it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a lot of a copy of pillar two. So like I've said a few times, it's early on. uh Death Touchers. First of all, they're just a kind of a rattlesnake. You don't want to attack the guy with the Death Touch creature with your with your no, early you ag- aggressive do. threat, right? So right. And and then um, again, that instant speed. Once you get them equipped, you get the land flow and the rocks flowing. It's that that instant speed um, kind of board control. 
David's pushed me to, I called him David in the pre-show and everybody's like, who, who's that? Sorry, Dave. <laughs> got to get his like, got to get his real, got to get his real name. I, I got to like tweak my brain here. Yeah. <laughs> call me David. I'm not fussed about it. <laughs> Dave, Dave has, uh, has pushed me to, to, to try this out in some competitive scenes. Cause this deck is a feels bad and casual. I, I played it twice in Chicago and both times I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I just kept apologizing. <laughs> oh, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. I, I, I can totally I, see that. I, I just kept apologizing and I'm like, but you know, Dave, Dave said I had to talk about it, which means I have to get at least a couple more reps in with it. So I'm really sorry, but I just got to play this here this weekend, <laughs> at least once or twice. But, but so obviously the scene where you don't have to apologize is, is taking it some competitive play. And I, I do want to do that at some point. So, so there's a sure. couple in there, like cleansing wildfire for the land combo decks. Um, there is, if you look at the list, there's the return to nature. There's some one-off graveyard hate. There's a pyroblast, right? Those are there. Yeah. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're there just because at some point this, this will go and, and, and just see if it can see if it can hang it at a. You know, at a competitive kind of setting where the don't die pillar becomes so much more important than than at uh, you know than at a casual event. Right. I would I would say, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say of the four decks we've brought tonight, this is probably top of the list that you don't really want to play at a at a casual table. Yeah, and your your shows really helped me at first. I thought. Well, I'm new to this format. I don't really know what I'm doing, so everything I do is casual. And and you guys mm-hmm. did a show where it was like count up, count up the removal in your deck, and if it takes, if you get, <laughs> it was like if you get to the second hand, you you've 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 got a you've got a problem. Might be competitive. <laughs> and 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 it's no longer casual. That was such a light bulb moment for me. I'm like, oh, that's what it means. And so yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've been I've been doing this all wrong, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I've been building just fun police deck after fun police deck, and then trying to bring them to sure. tables where people want to have fun. But uh, but yeah, so don't don't build this and go to your casual thing. But uh, I'm excited at some point to uh, see how it'll do in a in an actual competitive environment. What yeah, you, for sure. What are you doing on March 16th? <laughs> Maybe trying a Togo deck out. Maybe throwing some oh, rocks. That's what it sounds like. Oh yeah, you have. Oh uh, yeah, buddy. You have a little more than two weeks to get a webcam. Yep. Okay, I'm I'm on it. Awesome. Sweet. See you there. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Pillar three. Liam, what's your pillar three? My pillar three is uh, pretty straightforward. To uh, not die, you need some extremely well timed removal. Yeah. This this deck has the unfortunate circumstance of the fact that it's so aggro it doesn't really defend. Uh, vigilance isn't a keyword. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love it. Yeah, v- vigilance isn't a keyword, but trample is. Right. So some well timed removal, whether it's getting a key blocker out of the path or removing an attacker that's going to hit you for ten life. This deck just runs it all. It's got Blood Fire Infusion, Broken Bond, Gravitic Punch, Soul's Fire, Scred, Sulfur's Blast, Harvest Pyre, Fling, Abrade. Like, it's just, it's trying to hit hard and it's trying to hit fast. And, uh, you know, reading through that, you you might have read, you might have heard me reading some of that and be like, well, that yeah, that's not creature removal, that's player removal. And you're absolutely right. There was nothing wrong correct. with hitting the opponent for 15 commander damage and then flinging the commander at their face for the rest. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. So it, it, it 
runs a decent suite of removal for the explicit purpose of removing the thing that's preventing you from killing or removing the thing that's trying to kill you. Sure. That sounds, again, that sounds perfectly gruel to me. Yeah. Just be the bigger threat. That's this deck's goal. Yeah, just be the much bigger threat. That's this deck's goal. Yep. You're the kind of threat, like, similar to the scenario we were talking about with Dave's deck. Like, Brushfire is the type of commander where if I'm passing my turn and it's and, and it's you're untapped. up next. I'm going to ask where it's going before I decide to oh. go to my end step. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your plans with that elemental? Yeah. What are your intentions with my dog? Yeah. What are your, what are your intentions? <laughs> well, what thank are your intentions thank with you for me? That. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's with, going on there, buddy? Right, my, I, don't, I don't have a daughter. I meant my life totally. <laughs> yeah. And by daughter, I meant my life. Yep. Yes. My, my extremely squishy face. Right. Oh. Cool. I appreciate the pillar three. Uh, we'll move on to mine here. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, I'm just trying to use a bunch of gigantic Golgari boys to keep me safe, uh, as well as the old man's activated ability to kind of control the board-ish. Like, you know, I can't give multiple creatures minus two, minus two each turn. But, you know, knocking one out every turn isn't terrible. It will help take out blockers and potential attackers, you know, next time around. It just so happens that I'm also looking to sacrifice not just tokens, but creatures that have dies abilities. Like Shambling Ghast, I'm a big fan of Shambling Ghast. There's the um, Nested Shambler, another one like that. I have the Guild Sworn Prowler that dies if it wasn't blocking, you draw a card. Just little incremental advantages like that. Like, sure, Guild Sworn Prowler is a two-power creature with a one-butt. Like, I'm never going to do a whole lot of damage with that guy, but it's a good blocker. It's a chump blocker if I need it to be. It's a... It'll replace itself while removing a creature. Like, I don't have... While Liam was talking about some removal spells in the Brushfire Elemental deck, I was looking through my list, and I have zero removal spells. I guess I have Extract a Confession and Evancar's Justice. That's really it for removal spells? They are good ones, but, like, that's all I have. I'm planning on my, you know, and on the flip side of that, I have 27 creatures. Like, for a deck that wants its commander to grow huge and aggressive, I still have a gigantic suite of creatures. And those are pretty much my removal spells. Like, I don't care if I throw them under a bus. I don't care if I throw them in front of a brushfire elemental or what have you. Like, they're going to die, and that's fine. Most of them, if they don't have a dies trigger... They'll have an ETB trigger, which is probably going to be some sort of ramp because I want more lands. Um, and then just the big, uh, big trolls, big Gloomfang maulers, and that sort of thing. So um, even like Zentarum Bandit, when you attack or when it attacks, you can pay a life if you do create a treasure token. That's basically when it attacks, you can pay a life and kill something. Like I'm looking at all these different tokens that Jewel Thief makes and stuff as removal spells. Granted. You know, if I'm up against six sixes and eight eights or what have you, or that's not going to do much. But like, if I take a four four down to a two two, it's probably going to die. Like they're going to have to think about their board state a little bit differently, seeing as how they're going to lose some power, if not c- complete creatures as a whole. So my not dying is basically fill my board, start small, build the whole team up big, while my old man Willow gets bigger. And just sort of like control the board through, uh, through the red zone, I suppose, through the battlefield itself, where a lot of Golgari decks, you know, they play some ramp and then they use the black for a bunch of really good removal spells and then they 
work their way into the rock creatures, the big creatures, the beaters. I'm just not doing that. I'm just ramping. I'm just ramping lands and casting gigantic creatures that have some sort of value attached to them. So, like, there was this was another one um, that I discovered when I was building this deck is the Centaur Rootcaster. I've never played this guy before, but it's a four mana two two for a Centaur Druid, and when it deals combat damage to a player, you rampant growth. Just just because it hit a player, you get to rampant growth. Like that's perfectly suitable for a deck like this <laughs> and i'm excited to play like the cards like that so outside of that i don't i didn't include a ton of ways to uh, push damage through i have like a rancor in here obviously because i'm green and i care about creatures so rancors in the deck uh Satessin training is basically uh kind of a rancor not really it's just an enchantment that gives plus one plus oh and trample and you get to draw a card when it etbs uh, Soul Stair Expedition, that will get me some creatures back, which is more Pillar 4 than Pillar 3. Outside of that, I've, I've just got some combat tricks. I've got your Gaia's Gifts, I've got your Ground Swells, give a creature plus 4, plus 4, if if you met the landfall condition. Uh, poison the Blade, target creature gains Death Touch, draw a card, prize fight, ram through, and then um, one that I was aware of but i never really played until like talking to dave about it more and more and more and it seemed like it always came up anytime we talked about green decks and that's wild size this card just like is an all-star sometime sometimes like it's three mana you get plus two plus two and trample but then you draw a card like it's every little bit of stuff you want a green combat trick to do and so i've just been playing it in so many green decks lately i don't know why i never really played that i, I always had this maybe it's like the um the 60 card player in my head was just like, oh, if it's a combat trick, it's got to be one mana, you know, one mana or less. And that's just not, it, it's fine to have a three mana combat trick in this format because they work. They do, they do some serious work sometimes. I really like wild size. Yeah. Big, big fan of it. So it's, it's definitely yeah, I'm, 60 card. That's telling you that one mana thing, because dude, I run two, three and four mana combat tricks in EDH and they work just yeah. fine. I, I got to get over that because I'm all like, oh, it's got to be mutagenic growth or, you know, nah. whatever, you know, so. Two uh, mana plus four plus four works just as well as one mana plus three plus three. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. I'm just casting big old dudes. Maybe they'll fight some other creatures. Maybe old man Willow take out a bunch of creatures and just I'll just constantly just wear down my opponent's through combat damage and a little bit of removal, and that's pretty much what Golgari does anyway. I don't expect this deck to be anything less than like a turn 10, turn 12 deck, but that just seems to be what I build anyway, so I'm cool with that. All right, that was my pillar three. Probably a little longer than it needed to be, but that's okay. Let's move on to the final pillars here. Lee, Mr. Lee, what do you got for us in pillar four? What about my pillar three? Oh my god, did we pass yours? Does your deck I gotta have start putting three? the show notes... We, we talked got... about your pillar one and pillar two. You do the thing. I thought you were done. I thought you were just, that was it. <laughs> oh, he's See, got this me is what happens. here. <laughs> this is what happens when, uh, we don't, when we don't put them in order you, on my you, end. <laughs> you actually do have a pillar three? All right, go ahead. Do your pillar three. Okay. Let's, yeah. yeah, there we go. I said okay. Dave. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's what I said. I do, I, do need, I do need to mention like three different cards here. I have, I have five dedicated removal spells. Okay. That's it. That's all. That's that's the whole thing. <laughs> Vanish, Orms, Canopy, go for the throat, terminate. That's the entire, that's the entire thing. Uh, the actual Perfect. pillar three here is, I have, 
two equipment that give creatures vigilance. What? And they're huge and indestructible, so that's that's pretty good. Also, that is uh, one of really good. <laughs> one of my Zendi the worst Zendikon uh, is the white one. It transforms a creature. It, it transforms a land into a two-six wall. It sure does. It's ter. I hate drawing it. It's the, it's the worst. <laughs> I need to take it out of the deck. But it's there, and it helps me not die. I I never I never want to not attack with these things. Like having a two-six indestructible thing is like ah. This feels bad. Right. But it does help me not die sometimes. You know, and I guess I d it didn't really occur to me, too, that, like, the Zendikons, you know, for the listeners that aren't familiar with them, they return to your hand if they're destroyed. Basically, if the right? land goes to the graveyard, they go, the, the enchantment yep. comes back to your hand, I think. Yeah. Yep. Which is different from, there's a, the, a different cycle of these things, the uncommon cycle, the, the Genjus from Kamigawa, when the creature dies, the land comes back to your hand and the enchantment stays dead. Oh, okay. Which is, I think, that there's there's two animation spells in the new Kamigawa, the, the Crackling Emergence and Harmonious Emergence. I mm -hmm. think they also put the land back into your hand. I, I should just read the cards. They're, like, right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, if the land would be destroyed... Oh. Oh, no, the emergences are... Weird. If the if enchanted land would be destroyed, instead sacrifice this, uh, sacrifice this enchantment, and the land gains indestructible until end of turn. Oh, okay. Which is that is a little a little different. Useless to me, but I, I think yeah. that is in the <laughs> in the keepings with the um the original Kamigawa Genjus, where when the when the creature dies, the enchantment stays in the graveyard, but the land comes back to your hand. And uh, the Zendikons all have it backwards. When enchanted land is put into the graveyard... Oh, no! The, the Zendikons are the same. When the land is put into the graveyard, return that card to its owner's hand. Oh, yeah. So the, Zen, the, yep. the Zendikons get you the lands back. The Genju must get you the enchantment back? I guess that would... Yeah, that makes sense, because that would feel real bad if you just lost the land forever. <laughs> Genju of the Spires. When enchanted mountain is put into a graveyard, you may return Genju of the Spires from your graveyard to your hand. Okay. Yeah, so the um, the original Kamigawa animation cycle, if the land dies, you get the enchantment back, and the land stays dead. Mm, okay. And the, the Zendikon cycle, if the land dies, you get the land back, and the enchantment stays dead. I'm lost. But none of none of that matters for me. These lands will never die. They are indestructible. They don't, and I have a phoenix that always always costs five mana as my edict protection. Yep. That's, yeah. Uh, that's my... Oh, yeah, I have a Phoenix. I have a 4-4 four, four block. I have a 4-4 four, four flying blocker. That's how I don't die. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the Phoenix. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then... So, yeah, Core Halberd and Haunted Cloak are, are actually yep. my pillar three. That's all I got. Yeah, and, you know, for the most part, that Phoenix is only ever going to be five mana. Yeah. Phoenix After always it. only ever costs five mana. Costs four the first four, time, four costs blocker. five forever. Un unless someone is like rude and bajuka bogs me. I know, or yeah, relic. Then or... it then it costs six, yeah. and I guess. But then it's back to five after that. Yeah, sucker. They fell for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, now we can move on to pillar four, I believe. Mister Lee, what do you got for us? Yeah, I. 
I love I love the don't run out of gas pillars. My favorite favorite pillar in every deck I I sit down at. It's the the control player's curse is putting too many don't run out of gas cards in their deck. We we get <laughs> right. more I think we get more joy from drawing more cards than we actually do controlling stuff. But sure. So there, there's really two. We we take advantage of both colors with the spells. So red brings us all the card selection cards. We just got a new one. Um, Demand answers is great. You can, if you really need to turn a rock into two cards, you can, but, but you really have often more land in your hand than you can ever play. There's a lot of the effects Mm -hmm. will put a land in your hand. Um, So there's, there's plenty of land to discard to all those green card selection cards. And then, the green impulse draws, some of those are, are great. I think the, the best one to highlight is in the presence of ages. So instant speed, new card from last year. Um, deck that's about 40% land, 40% creatures. You're, you're probably going to hit one of each. It's uh, it's you look at the top four, you get a, a creature or a land, or excuse me, a creature and or a land, put it into your hand. So, so you're, you're, you're likely going to hit um, one of each. Uh, Gift of their gargantuan, mm-hmm. same thing, just at sorcery mm-hmm. speed. So, so card, those, yep. yeah, so those, those ones, especially the, the presence, which, which was a kind of just a strict upgrade on the gift of their gargantuan being at instant speed, um, really keep, keep the gas flowing because the creatures there's, and the land. There's actually three of those now. Gift was the first one. And I think that mm-hmm. it's the worst because it puts whatever you don't grab, it puts back in your library. Yeah. On the library. bottom. Yeah. 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 There's a, they, they, they made a new gift that, that bins what you don't grab called relentless pursuit. It's still a sorcery. Well, and then they made it the of the ages. You yeah, need, the presence. You need a relentless pursuit. I yeah, I'm, from Ikoria. I'm one short. Yeah, and the uh, presence Feral's goes in the graveyard too. TBD yeah. or THB. Also, the, yeah. um, th- these these cards that let you look at the top and choose one and put the rest away. Uh, that's not usually what impulse draw means. That's called digging. Impulse draws when you exile stuff, and then you can cast it for a very brief period of time. What about so the card, or until your next turn, or what? What about you? the card called Impulse? What does that do? Impulse is oh. a digging card. <laughs> yeah. It was made before this terminology happened. Well, these days, that's when I days... used to play. We talked about this. I played a card <laughs> called Impulse <laughs> that did yeah, impulse... that thing, and so I've impulse always called digging. that effect. Im- impulse draws like Reckless Impulse and Ren's Resolve. Jeez, OP. I need like a Sharpie. I need to go change all my impulses to. Uh to uh called digging we're gonna i'm gonna rename digging. all my impulses digging yeah yeah digging. i'm gonna cast blue, digging blue digging <laughs> okay well i had no idea relentless pursuit existed yeah so it's uh better than huh. gift i mean these are basically green divinations i think they're cool i like them yes they're very good yeah so my oh. my green pillar four spells do what the card impulse says, but are not <laughs> impulse. that's that's what that's what my green pillar four is Right. Beautiful. There's a couple, couple other cards to, uh, to highlight. There's a few cards that bounce themselves. So Horned Kavu says you have to pick up a red or green permanent. Mardu Scout and and Viachino Sand Sprinter, same thing. Return them to your hand at the end of turn. So those, those don't work with the rocks, but those plus Halana is is like what I called Strangle with buyback. So we can only do creatures. But mm-hmm. you can have kind of as, as much mana as you have, which we pumped out a ton of in Pillar One. You can you can drop a, a horned kavu, deal uh, cost two to play, deal two damage for two more, or deal three damage for two more mana, and it comes right back in your hand, and you've bought back your strangle, and you can play that um, <laughs> as many as many times as you like. 
Um, there's a couple creatures that have great um, when this deals damage to a player effects. So, uh -huh. um, uh, or actually Snake Umbra is an enchantment, right? That that grants that to a creature and then you draw cards. Um, Avenging Druid, whenever it deals damage to a player, you mill from your deck until you hit a land. That land comes into play. It comes in untapped. So so that's a, you throw a rock, you get another rock trigger. It, the rock replaces itself, plus you're up a land and up a mana and untapped mana. Um, right. Hunting Cheetahs. And I are, like that it yeah, is, I like that the uh, Avenging Druid is on any damage. It doesn't say combat damage. Yes, yes. Yeah, to make these like work with rocks. Keep throwing rocks and keep getting lands. Yeah. yeah, so all these all these creatures with these tricks have to be really any damage. Anything that says combat damage, useless. But uh, but yep. all these any damage creatures, the rock, like we talked about before, the rock triggers, the creature deals the damage. So you get you get these triggers that are designed to be hard to get. Avenging Druid's a one three creature that's hard to hard to get, you know, damage through to the player. The rock gets you <laughs> gets you right around that. There's another card I got I got laughed at in the pre-show for having a $42 common in my deck. Um, proxy, <laughs> proxy this one. Don't go buy the proxy. $42 common. Um, but yeah, Hunting do Cheetah, it's fifty-seven. It's fifty-seven dollars. Oh, why I my mind says forty dollars. I must be on a oh. different uh, different auto one. Shop around oh, okay. for your Hunting Cheetahs. The prices vary. That's right. It's <laughs> the best deal. <laughs> But hunting cheetahs, just like avenging druid, whenever it deals combat or not combat, that wouldn't work. Whenever it deals damage to an opponent, you get to search your library for a forest. This one goes in your hand, so this one can be one of those effects that gluts your hand, and then those red, the red card selection cards can help help thin those out. Um, but there's just a a, a great kind of chunk of these creatures that that were meant to be difficult triggers to pull off that have this great payoff of another land. Um, but, yeah. but with the rocks, you, you get, you, you get to, you get to cheat the, the payoff and get it just for throwing a rock. Yeah. Throwing rocks is fun. Yeah. Yep. I put, I put one other card, this card didn't fit into any pillar, but I, I have to shout out brass knuckles in this deck. It's oh, like, so good. It, yeah. You, you guys had it in your December awards show was, a, I think it, it was either a nominee or a winner, but it, it just fits perfectly. Brass knuckles plus death touchers is silly. Brass <laughs> brass knuckles plus big trampling things is silly. Like it just it fits kind of everywhere. It, mm -hmm. it and it's so easy. You get two because it's the double equipment. So both brass knuckles, you just put a rock on with each copy of brass knuckles. And so it's it's real easy to get two creatures that each double have strike, the double yep. yeah, that each have the double equipment and uh it's just a perfect like visual too. You have the brass knuckle in one hand and the rock in the, the other. The rock in the other hand. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and you're a death toucher, so you have to like lick the rock first or something. Oh, right. I'm not sure how that right. works, but you poison you poison the rock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Goblin weapon smithing at its finest. Yep. That's right. Brass knuckles yep. and a rock. That's it. That's all you Perfection. need. One in, one in each hand, and then then you imagine that in the hands of the ambush viper, and you're like, what hands? Like, don't <laughs> worry about it. Yes. Like nope. slinging it with his tail, I guess. No question. Like Disney style. Yep. So we're in, no, I was looking at no your questions. deck. We're in, we're in pillar four here. Oh, I guess we are in pillar four. Did you mention in pillar three? Did you mention your Fangren Marauder? I didn't. I skipped a card. Yeah, I skipped a card. So okay. So, so Fangren Marauder is is a silly pillar three card. Um, Fangren Marauder says whenever. So this doesn't even have to just count your own. 
But whenever, let me get the text pulled up so I get it right. Whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may gain five life. So you get your opponent's triggers, but also the four rock turn is 20 life. All all the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. No, that's good stuff. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, Liam, we're back around to you, Mr. Brushfire. What do you got for Pillar 4? Ramp hard. I know I've said it already, but uh, it's not right, I guess. We're just going to ramp. Uh, it's hard to run out of ramp when you don't run out of – sorry. It's hard to run out of gas when you don't run out of mana. And yes. and part of that is also many of the spells that are being played generate some other form of advantage in terms of cards mm-hmm. of the field, out of the deck, in your hand. Just – you you know, you, you play these, these land – these land fetchers, but you also play things like Explore, where you get to play an additional land and draw a card. Uh, you have mm-hmm. a couple of other landfall payoffs uh, that are in the deck, and and many that aren't in the deck that you could opt to play, uh, such as uh, Life Gain, if you really, really wanted to. <laughs> but just through the lands, and through the cards that are playing the lands, you gain advantage, right? You can play things like yep. Steve and Yavimaya Eldo, where you know they start on the field, and they chump block something, and then you sacrifice them for land. Like, that's an option. Right. And so, you know, it really, it really, it's it's a little tricky, but the value is built into what you're already doing. Uh, and yeah, you know, the deck does run the the Ren's Resolve and the Reckless Impulse and the Tavern Brawler and the Bitter Reunion. Like, like it runs those because you just sometimes need that little extra oomph, but. For mm-hmm. the most part, it's getting its advantage through incidental card draw, maybe some cycling, th- things of that nature. Yeah, I, I think really the deck is just its kind of racing against itself. It's trying to kill people before it runs out of cards. Yeah, it, like, it feels like that kind of deck, that, like a like a fire, like a brush fire. Like it's just trying yeah. not to burn itself like out. It, it might get hellbent at some point, but if it's hellbent, sure. one, maybe two of its opponents are already dead. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you're probably at the point where you just need a couple more land drops and the game's over. You don't over. even need land drops, you just need combat steps. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a hell, I've had, like I said, I've played against and with Brushfire Elemental, it's super fun, yeah, dude, it's really fast. I like, I played like even if you've, three games against it over the weekend, oof. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, it's super fast, even if you don't feel like, like if you're the pilot of the deck and you don't feel like you have a good opening hand or you don't feel like you're doing much... Look at the life totals. You've probably already dealt 10 to 15 damage to somebody mm. without even like thinking about it because it's just that fast. It's crazy because even stuff like uh, Swell of Growth, two mana, target creature gets plus two, plus two, and put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Yep. Like, that's massive, massive swing. So, yeah, it's a very powerful deck, super fast, kind of linear. I don't know oh, if there's a linear. different way to... If there's a different way to build the elemental, have you seen anything different, Dave, than than pretty much what's here on the brushfire elemental? Yeah. Uh, no. I think I haven't I haven't looked closely at Refugant's list, but I've I've seen it in action, and it looks like approximately what I'd expect brushfire yeah, to do. Exactly. But it is powerful, e- e- even yeah. though obviously your opponents know what the card does and know what it's capable of. You will still more than likely catch at least one opponent by surprise. Yeah. It just goes. Oh, it just, yeah, it just goes and goes and goes. All right, cool. Let's get back up here. I will do my pillar four. What do we got here? Pillar four. 
I think I touched on it before, but I've got about a dozen or more cards in this deck that replace themselves, whether it's through the Guild Sworn Prowler or even like the Nested Shambler that dies and it will at least make a, a single 1-1 one, one green squirrel, but it, it, that squirrel's a token, so I can sacrifice it to the Willow. You know, Orchard Strider, when it comes in, it makes food tokens. Like, I don't need to draw cards necessarily to not run out of gas. Like, even if I am hellbent in this particular deck, I still have removal spells because I have creatures and tokens on board that I can sacrifice to kill a, a blocker, to take a chump out of the way. Like, I still have onboard removal, even though I have no cards in hand, which I really, I really like that aspect of it. I don't have to, like, stress out about, oh, what's this top deck going to be? Oh, no, it better be a draw spell, or it better be something that I can pull something out of the graveyard, yada, yada, yada. Like, I've got plenty of value on board. I've got all the creatures, I've got the tokens, i got my commander, and we're just going from there. I've got Blood Fountain in here to where, when I do sacrifice these creatures as removal spells, I'll be able to get them back for more value. I've got Unearth in here, which hits... Uh, I haven't looked at it, but um, Unearth would hit things like Jewel Thief, the Guild Sworn Prowler, the Bloodbriar, the Arboreal Grazer, all these creatures that just have inherent value already built into them. So Unearth in this deck is almost like a two-for-one because you're getting the creature and then you're getting a token, which is basically a removal spell as far as Old Man Willow is concerned. And then sort of speaking of Unearth, I also have Dread Return in here because I do plan on having either maybe both a lot of creatures on board creatures in the graveyard especially the cycling creatures like i'm cool with sacrificing three one ones or what have you some squirrels to bring back the troll like cool i'm sign me up for that all day uh blood fountain i mentioned earlier and then uh dig up the body which i'm a huge fan of lately it's the one with casualty so basically you can just copy the spell you get two creatures back if you sacrifice a creature with power one or greater um you copy the spell, so you get up to four creatures back. Like that's or two creatures back. Sorry, you mill four, get two back. Like that's really good value, all for doing kind of what the deck wants to do anyway and sacrifice stuff. Um, and then of course I've got deadly dispute, reckoner's bargain because I do have some high mana value here, and gaining that extra life with a reckoner's bargain is not a bad thing to do sometimes. Um, outside of that, really, I mean, outside of dread return, almost all my sorceries are some sort of ramp. So. Um, there's not really much there as far as card advantage, so all of, all of it had to be built into the creatures, getting me more tokens, getting me more fodder for, for the old man Willow's uh, minus two, minus two ability. And then, really, I, I kind of at the last minute, I threw Network Terminal in here just because I'm going to have so many artifact tokens that, you know, paying one to uh, loot... It's just kind of free real estate or free real estate, like tap network terminal, tap the food token or tap the treasure token or tap whatever. And I'll just get the loot for free. Like that's that card is really good when you're not taking an actual artifact out of play. You know, you're not tapping a mana rock to do it. You're not tapping an artifact creature to do it. You know, you're using a food token or what have you that you're going to remove it. You're going to sacrifice anyway to the willow to kill a creature. So uh, willow doesn't care that it's untapped. And that's really it. I'm just going to try to build up value for my creatures, maybe a little bit of graveyard shenanigans, and other than that, just build a Golgari deck that tries to not ever stop doing the things it wants to do. Sounds like a good deal to me. 
Uh, Dave, looks like your pillar four actually has more words than your pillars one through three does. What's going on there? Yeah, I was. Uh, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's, there's words here, but are there cards here? Is there meaning? There's words, but mm. is there meaning? So it's worth noting that in this, in the notes document, a bunch of the words were me hyperlinking the image of the old guy shrugging with the words, guess I'll die. <laughs> like I spent, uh, that's part of what I wrote. Uh, Cause I don't really know what's going on here. I think 80% of my don't run out of gas strategy is that all of my spells cost like six mana. Yes. And I'll never cast them all. <laughs> Like, it turns out, if you just don't do anything for the first six turns of the game, then uh, when you start doing things, there, there, you have so many things to do. It's oh, kind of great. It's a good strategy, Ellie. The other 20% of my don't run out of gas plan is Dreamtail Heron, which is the blue mutate creature. Mm -hmm. It draws you a card when it mutates onto a thing, and then every time you mutate onto that, you draw another card. That is true. That's... It's going to draw me, like, at least one card. Hey, at least <laughs> it at least replaces uh, itself. Uh, I've I've had games where it's drawn me two cards. Uh, oh, damn. Very exciting. Exciting times we live in. I, I do have uh, one, two, three, four. There, there's five cards in the deck that are dedicated to just being sort of card positive. I have uh, Behold the Multiverse, Deep Analysis, The Landfall Enchantment, Ior Rune Expedition, that's like a divination, but you have to play lands to make it work. Yeah. Uh, Thoughtcast is actually very good in this deck because all of the bridges, all the indestructible dual lands are artifact. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. But Thoughtcast is usually a one mana draw two for me. And then uh, Siphon Mind. That's. There you go. But mostly it's just Dreamtail Heron. That's. But mostly it's the mutate creature. <laughs> <laughs> the mutate creature, and then I hope I draw a second one, so that goes card positive. If the second one I draw is uh, Cloud Piercer, then I get to draw and loot, and it's card advantage and card selection. It's That's powerful magic. It is powerful, powerful magic. Also, I also have a five-four dinosaur beast with reach and flying. What? Yeah, it's true. That seems busted. Hashtag OP. Please nerf. Well, you have Shrine Steward. That's sort of gas-worthy. Sure, uh, yeah, I mean, in a deck that's this focused on, like, trying to do stupid <laughs> things. So, like, there's there's a weird number of tutors in the deck. Like, I'm on Navigation Orb, and I'm on Gate Creeper Vine, so that I can find get Basilisk Gate easily. Yeah, uh, I have three cards that'll tutor for an aura, so that's Heliod's Pilgrim is the three three drop that tutors for an aura. Shrine Steward. Oh, I guess I'm only on those two to tutoring for auras. I'm running Sojourner's Companion so that I can tutor for an artifact land. Mm, like I've I've legitimately played games where I just don't draw one of the indestructible lands. Like there's eleven in the deck, and like if you just don't draw one, you're like I. Sure, I, I, I believe that. Yeah, I could make this Azorius Guildgate into a creature, or I could, <laughs> and I would I would rather do nothing. Um, yeah, Reap and Sow is the other card I've, I'm running in the deck that will uh, fetch any land, put it into play. I'm I'm I mentioned. You know, Lee mentioned earlier Cleansing Wildfire. I'm on Cleansing Wildfire and Geomancer's Gambit. I guess those are kind of like card advantage. Because uh, yeah. they, they say draw a card. And in my deck, they ramp. <laughs> Bonders Ornament draws me cards, I guess. Yeah, there's there's actually a handful. 
but but really you just drive in an incredibly efficient way that never uses all the gas that's really the, the yeah thing. see that's that's how you do it when <laughs> when when you want you to just... open your game with the six mana spell in the deck yep. with 32 tap lands right then you're 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 you are on cruise control. You are going downhill. Yes. You are. You're just chilling. You're if, just, if you uh, just Liam, never... As Liam says, you're just vibing. Yeah. yeah. If, if you never hit the gas pedal, you can never run out of gas. <laughs> Trademark that right now. Hacks. <laughs> Hashtag game hacks. We've we've game done hacks. it. We've cracked the code. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's the that's the clip. Easy. Yeah. Put it in neutral. Roll downhill. You're yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, what's that? It's one of those little something... box car box cars. What what do they drive around in Little Rascals? Little oh, like a soapbox car. Yeah, yeah, soapbox yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This deck is the soapbox car of of Magic. That's right. Oh, I mean, there's something kind of charming about you know, for the first one to six turns, you're just like land pass, land pass, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you're just you're just chilling. You're like I'll get to it. I'll I'll get to it. Just just wait. If you're if you're really lucky, you get one of the untapped lands and you're among your first four, and then you can cast a two two flying blocker on turn four. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's uh yeah, and then you spend turn five. Uh you play another tap land, so you, you can't recast the Phoenix then. You can't do anything. <laughs> but on, on turn six you play your you play your sixth tap land and you recast the Phoenix from your graveyard for, for Wooberg. Right. And then then turn yeah. seven Turn seven, you hit the Myers Malice or the Sheer Drop. Then your game kind of begins. That that's when that's when the fun begins. Yeah. Oh no, it looks fun. I you've talked about this deck quite a bit. I've never, I don't think I've seen it in. I I saw you oh, play no? it on someone else's stream. I don't think I've played against it personally, and it just looks fun. Like it's... I don't know how else to explain it. Like I, I understand that it's not good, you know, like quote unquote good, <laughs> yeah. but it looks fun. <laughs> It's very entertaining. I have yeah, entertaining. Fun with That's it. a good word for it. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think the first oh. ever deck that that Dave and I played together, he he brought this deck out, and I'm like, oh, I've got this cool thing, guys. It's Blood Tide Harvester. And again, oh, like, no. like I think, like I think everything's <laughs> casual because I'm an idiot, right? So like, this is fine. <laughs> like it's casual. It's casual because I don't know what I'm doing. That was my definition of casual. And it was like, oh, look at this. Minus X, minus X. We're golden. This is like, <laughs> these, these indestructible lands are no, they are no problem. <laughs> that was so sad. <laughs> so sad. Oh, you ruined it. You ruined the dream. Yes, that's, that's the first time. a speed time bump I, in, front of the, in front of the car. Yeah, that's the first time I heard the word fun police. And I eventually figured out, <laughs> like, I have, I, have, I have a problem. And uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm, See, working, I'm working on myself. While it may be true that you can't run out of gas if you don't push the pedal, you also can't go over speed bumps if you don't push the pedal. <laughs> so no, many I, things are true. I came, I came to a dead stop. The speed, the speed bump shut me down. <laughs> no, there's no coming oh no, back from obstacles. that. <laughs> oh, amazing! I did. I, I'm not even sure. Like, it's possible that that happened, and I just didn't even read the rest of the text on the Zendikon cards, and I was just like, okay, that's gone forever. <laughs> like, gone. It just probably my life's work. <laughs> your, your reaction was like, you thought you were fine, and then you were like, oh no, it's two for every blood token. That was oh, your... Yeah. You were like, oh no! Yeah. Like, it's dead! 
I thought yeah. I thought it was big enough to like not be at risk for yeah. your like whatever two two blood tokens and you're like <laughs> right. no two blood tokens means minus four minus four. It's yeah. like well yeah. <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah. Yeah, blood blood tithe harvester is crazy. I built it too, just as like a I need a Rakdos deck, and this one looks cool, and I have a bunch of the Crimson Vow lands, and that's perfectly thematic. And I played it like in one of my non-competitive Saturday streams, and just got like hated on because they were like you that's way more powerful than you think it is like you have massive removal in the command zone whenever you want it at all times <laughs> plus card selection card advantage like yeah it's a silly kind of a silly commander yeah my first x number of decks i built were all like control through the command zone i have the ruthless death thing i have like they're just and they're not even all good they're just like how how can you control through the command zone but again i'm getting better i'm learning i'm getting right. this i'm getting this <laughs> I'm getting this format figured out. <laughs> All right. Speaking of learning things, we actually have a um, listener slash uh, special guest host question this evening. Liam, Dave, why is Pillar 3 called Don't Die and Pillar 4 is Don't Run Out of Gas when clearly those should be flipped? Great I question. I believe this I'm was submitted by one. Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta shout out the source of this question. This was... Uh, Lee, long-time yep. listener, first-time caller, uh, first time who took took advantage of uh, access to the show notes to uh, <laughs> just write this in there, right there. Um, so I, I am a listener, and I have this question, and so it's it is this is a listener question. This is a listener question. Here we go. Loopholes. Uh, loopholes. So, full disclosure: uh, when we were doing when we were coming up with the idea for the first three by three, I was like, I think we should. Uh, just i think we we need to talk about this in terms of pillars we we need to we need to establish something the deck wants to do and then we'll all talk about how our deck does that and then we'll establish something else the deck wants to do and talk about how our deck does that and yep. like i came up with those four for our first three by three was voltron i came up with those four pillars for voltron because i was like these are the four things that i think a voltron deck wants to do and then when we started the next one we were like ah the pillars worked really well we should do that again what are the four pillars of i think the next one was like go wide tokens or whatever yeah, because and, they uh, were the pillars were going to be different with each three by three. I think right yeah. originally. Be, yep. I did not expect to reuse them, and then I was like, wh when I when we were thinking about the pillars for the next one, I was like, wait a second, like two of those are going to be a part of every single deck that we cover, and like I, I remember even getting some gentle pushback from Liam, like we can't reuse these, and I, like he I, he wrote that in the in the show notes. He's like, we can't just reuse these every time, and I, like I wrote back, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've just had those, and so complete full disclosure. Like when we when we were doing like the third or fourth or fifth thing, I forgot which order those went in. I was like, I know that the third and fourth are how to not die and how to not run a gas. I don't know which is which. I feel like I'm gonna mess that up and like reverse them, and someone's gonna call me out on it eventually. But I'm too lazy to check, so I'm just gonna make some stuff up every time. Every time we do pillars, I'm gonna make up which one's three and which one's four because I genuinely did not care. Right. But now I'm now I'm sensing that at least one person in the community thinks that we did it wrong. Notices. And uh, you, now you maybe we have to flip them because I still don't did it care. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. So Could, we have a 
you have a go, casual go format. The casual format is based on doing the thing. Like, look at this eight six indestructible trampling <laughs> land that I made. Like your 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 format is built around those moments. And pillar three should be how do I get more of those moments? Like how do I uh, how do I keep okay, the gas okay. tank? Like that's clearly the more important pillar. One, how do I one could argue keep that, that gas to, flowing? One could argue that you want to end the discussion with that. Having it make sense. Oh, okay. You save, the, to, save the best for yeah, last. Save the or... best for last and on a high note. Yes. This is this is the penultimate pillar. That's what it is. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy that. But I if you look at any of my Moxfield decks, I, I do it correctly. I flip pillar three and four when I'm tagging them. Because pillar three should really be how does the gas tank keep going? That's way more important. Sure. Well, you heard it here. There's folks. a certain he satisfying it, and that's all that matters because <laughs> I just made it up on the spot. So <laughs> there's a certain satisfying cadence to how to not die, how to not run out of gas, like one after the other. Oh. It flows nice. So um, if, if there is I, community outrage, right? We I guess switch them. we need to put this to the listeners and say, yeah. like, if you if you have strong feelings about which one of these should be number four and which one of them should be number three, please let us know. Also, if you have uh, information about whether or not I've ever switched them in the past because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. You shut up about that. <laughs> shut up. Uh, but if you have if you have useful contributions, I want to hear them. Like, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you have useful, not damning contributions. Right, right, right. Those those ones them. exactly. Those. Um, yes. It looks like in the last three minutes we've gotten another listener question. This one is from a uh, longtime listener by the name of Liam XDXDX. Uh, and, uh, the question is, why are we just letting guests simply write their own questions? And, uh, I'd like to put this one to, uh, Lee, do you have, do you have thoughts on this? Yes. You need to turn off the, the, the Google docs editing. Don't let the guests edit the show notes. That's the clearly, uh, yeah, okay. that's Did you... clearly, clearly a mistake. Did you delete the yep. stuff I asked you to from Liam's bit? Of course I did. Yeah, like we played. Okay, good, that's good, the good. only. Okay. That's the only way Liam got through it in the time he did. He never would have. <laughs> yeah. you, Liam, you're taking the assist on that one. Yeah, the, <laughs> Liam had an hour of this week in Magic content queued up, and we got him down to five minutes. Wait, I'm actually. I don't think he deleted anything. <laughs> it's perfect. He doesn't even suspect it. Exactly. See, <laughs> executed. No, executed successfully. I've got the original right here. You didn't delete anything. It's all there. I know. I'm just teasing. That's it. No more permissions for anybody. You're all no, out of the Google this, Docs. I think this one great. No, it was fantastic. Highly, highly, highly entertaining. Highly recommend. But alas, like all entertaining things, I think we have to come to the end of the show. Uh, but we do have a few more things before we wrap it up for the week, as usual. If you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can follow us over on Instagram and or X. We are just the PDH pod over there. You can email the show at the PDH pod at gmail.com. Head on over to the PDH home base's website. That'll take you to the Discord server where, where you will find pretty much everybody in our community. Uh, you can find Liam and I on X at Popper Command and Popper, uh, Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can check out Dave as the Alcadron, literally everywhere else PDH is being talked about. Uh, Lee, where can the listeners find you if they want to check out some other sweet decks? Uh, the Moxfields area, area 51, if you want to take a look at some of those others. I'm, I'm technically in the Discord as Area 51. I'm still trying to learn how to do that. This dinosaur, mm -hmm. still trying to figure out new cool <laughs> technology stuff. But, uh, but yeah, right. that's, that's it. 
Awesome. Cool. I'll put all the links down there in the uh, in the show notes for anybody who's interested. And then uh, Liam, looks like we got the Sanctuary PDH coming up, I think Dave said, about two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, Sanctuary Open Series 4 is happening on March 16th, 2024. That is exactly two and a half weeks from now. From when you're listening to this, this is uh, Friday morning, that would be two weeks and a day. Uh, it is at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is competitive. Uh, there are cash prizes. Uh, you can go to SanctuaryPDH on Twitter or SanctuaryPDH.com for more information. Also, new as of, I think it was Friday oh, yeah. morning. While you were pretty much like at the con. <laughs> yeah, while we were in Chicago, uh, the PDH pod was approved as an artist on Inked Gaming. So the PDH pod now has currently our Vote for Yorgle playmat available on InkedGaming.com. All you got to do is go to InkedGaming.com. Uh, you can search for either the PDH pod or you can sh- search for Vote for Yorgle and order your own playmat. Yeah, they are pretty awesome. I don't know if uh, any of the listeners saw the stickers we had for Chicago, but they're basically the sticker in playmat size. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, and if, if you guys have any questions about the Sanctuary Open Series 2, Bobby just posted in multiple discords about how the prize pool breaks down, what the winners get, all that kind of good stuff. So um, check that out for sure. Hit him up if you have any questions. But I think that's going to bring episode 89 of the PDH pod to a close. But we got to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck. Uh, go to some landfall Zendikon stuff, I guess, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. Say bye, Lee. Bye, Lee. I brought bump text at the party. Pump. I brought bump text at the party.